Where to next podcast, season two, episode two. Hi there, I'm Angelica, your host and producer, and welcome aboard to our monthly podcast, Where to Next, brought to you by the Office of International Safety and Security here at Kennesaw State University. In this space, we talk about all things student travel, from what to pack to navigating identity while abroad. So fasten your seatbelts, all of you globetrotters and adventure seekers, as we prepare for takeoff. Hey there, listeners. It's great to have you for this month's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we hope you're doing great. Aaron, my co-host, sadly could not make it for this episode, but I am very excited to introduce our guest for this talk. Joining me in today's conversation is Brandon Jackson, the Associate Director of KSU's Cultural and Community Centers. Brandon, I really appreciate you being here. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing excellent. I'm really excited to be here with you and your viewers. Very nice. Well, today's topic is one that I'm looking forward to bringing to the forefront um, as far as the study abroad and conversation around that field goes. And that topic is POCs, people of color, and how they maneuver traveling abroad. We'll talk about navigating through their experiences, and we'll also talk about allyship. So if you don't identify as a POC, stay tuned so that you can know how to positively reinforce cultural inclusivity and sensitivity as well. Brandon, are you ready? I I am. I've I've been prepping all year. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Very good. So uh, first things first, why study abroad? Now we talked about this in the last episode, but just to kind of recap what we said, essentially studying abroad, you can broaden your horizons um, and also your critical thinking skills. Having those critical thinking skills and being able to really put yourself in another person's shoes, that is beneficial to overall communication. Yeah, uh, I agree. I think uh, the expansion of worldviews is um, probably the largest reason to do study abroad. Um, yeah, obviously, you know, sometimes you're going to get academic credit. Um, you may get to have a really, really good trip. Uh, but I think the biggest thing that you'll pull back from the experience is just seeing how other cultures operate. And we know that, I, I think we underestimate how different things can be. Um, so when you grow up here in the United States, uh, even you know the United States has different regions, you know, we're used to US laws, we're used to US values and, and customs and traditions. And, um, when you go to a, a different country and you experience, uh, how is it that other people you know, on the same planet deal with some of the same issues that we have to deal with here uh, in the United States? And that might be uh, you know, shopping for groceries or getting food. It could be finding housing. It could be education. Uh, everything is done differently in different places. And you really have to experience it. I think we all know that. We know from watching television and you know reading books and uh, textbooks and stuff like that. We know that people handle things differently, but you don't really know the impact of that um, and really take away that 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 growth and knowledge of wow, like you know everything is really different and it really kind of puts things in perspective for you when you come back. 
how we do things here and the choices and the factors that go into how culture formulates. Um, it's really interesting. So worldview is definitely a big part of studying about. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And with that, do your research. We say this a lot on this podcast, probably every episode, uh, but with our office, International Safety and Security, preparation and research, you can't do enough. Uh, get that information. And one way you can get that information is a pretty fun way, I, I'd say, is through blogs and vlogs. When I would go abroad uh, before going to a country, I would look up people who might share the same identity as me who are going to XYZ country, you know? And I would be able to see their experiences. I would be able to hear their truth and uh, they would share their resources. But on the flip side of that, I do recommend keeping that information, but don't let it dictate your experience and don't let it control your outlook. Don't let any kind of negativity already impact your trip when you haven't even gone abroad yet, you know? <laughs> yeah, um, I, I, it's a great way to log into YouTube and really watch other people's experiences. And we have some very talented YouTube content creators that are knowledgeable about you know, their experiences and what they're talking about. Uh, I, I get lost on YouTube tangents all the time. <laughs> uh, and some of them are the, the travel vlogs and going through and watching what their experiences were and what they learned, what they didn't expect. But as you mentioned before, I think it's important um, to keep in mind that that's their experience. It, it serves as, as, as a kind of a backdrop to help inform you on what you could expect, but not what you absolutely 100% should expect. Um, so it's just one person's uh, experience. I used to um, do some presentations on traveling abroad and there was a research study that came out, I want to say it was 2005 from Brown University. Um, I think it's called Diversity Issues and Study Abroad. And uh, Brown University, they had done uh, a very comprehensive research study on how identity impacts uh, US students that are studying abroad. And they tried to break it down based on ethnicity and race. They break it down based on uh, sexual orientation, on gender on a variety of different diversity factors. And uh, I think they used the study with like 200 students. And then they um, broke down like how these students experienced the particular regions they had gone to. And they put it together in a really nice package. So that's how I had gotten it. I, I, I remember going through, they had like sections and section three was like race and ethnicity and how students experience race and ethnicity outside of the United States. But again, kind of the same concept. Uh, you, you can, I looked at that and I read it. I saw how the people experience different cultures, but um, it was just kind of the backdrop of what can happen. Uh, not definitely a prescription of, of this is, that, is exactly what's going to happen if I were to go to this particular region. But good place to start and for contemporary exploration, uh, YouTube or any place you can find some great blogs, like I said, great content out there. Definitely. And of course, even with these vlogs, if the YouTuber or vlogger is actually vlogging from that country, you also get an idea of what it looks like. If they're doing like, you know, the grocery shopping vlogs or, you know, um, trying to figure out, like you said earlier, housing, um, it, it's pretty helpful. Another resource that you can reach out to is us, KSU. <laughs> 
So we do have alumni that have traveled abroad and you can definitely connect with them if you come to our office or Division of Global Affairs. Uh, we do have an alumni network. If you have questions about a particular country or someone's experience, contact us. We will try and set up a conversation or a meeting with that alumni and you and cultural and community centers. I'm, you all have talks and discussions as well that you put on. We do. Um, yeah, I remember one, we, the AADS department, I think they do a lot of uh, encouragement of study abroad and they have a couple of opportunities um, in different parts of Africa. And they had a few of our students that had gone on uh, their study abroad trips come back and, and do a panel discussion about what it was like going to, you know, Ghana, whatnot, and uh, amazing panel. Uh, the students talked about, you know, just some of the great experience academically, uh, and again, the, the cultural learning that, that had taken place. But the asking alumni, asking current KSU students, because again, um, these are students that share an experience with you here. Like the, you, we all share the KSU identity, so we know what KSU is like to some degree, uh, and that we're experiencing different, you know, cultures together overseas. And so uh, they may be able to advise, they may be able to provide a bit more advice than even what a, a blogger or, or mm -hmm. a, a blog would have, because y'all have a similar experience being here in, you know, uh, Metro Atlanta. Uh, so you at least understand this concept a little bit better. So Exactly. Yes, I definitely agree. Another resource that you have, expat groups, and you can find these on Facebook. There are certain organizations that uh, are made to connect people with a certain identity. Mm -hmm. And I say that because a lot of times when people go abroad, especially students, when they go abroad, there's the culture shock, there's the cultural adjustment. It's a roller coaster ride. You have the highs and you have the lows. And when you are at that low point, you definitely need a support system. And I feel like having that expat group was helpful. Now, I will say this, you are in, you're doing a program internship or teaching whatever you're doing abroad. You're doing that to push your boundaries, to get outside your comfort zone. So I don't recommend just staying with the expat group because then it kind of defeats the purpose of actually going abroad. But having these groups, it's kind of like a, like a recharge, you know? When you're given all your energy, when you're speaking this language every day and it's new to you, when you're trying to figure out how to pay bills in a different language, when you're trying to make new friends, that stress kind of gets to you. But when you go back to your expat group that had that shared experience with you, it's kind of like you're recharging your batteries and your, your home in a sense, you know? How did you, how did you find them when you were going overseas? In some countries, they have a very strong established community um, depending on what, how you identify. Other countries, it's, it's kind of sparse. Um, I lucked up with Korea. The black community is pretty tight there. But again, if you're going to a country that you might not see people like you or identify the, how, the same way as you do, there are other resources. If you can talk to your program director, if you can speak to anyone in any cultural organizations here, speak to someone in an organization that can point you in the right direction and be honest, be candid, say, hey, I'm going to this country and I don't know anyone everyone can relate to that. Everyone has that experience being the new person and people can relate to that and they'll want to help you. Yeah, we have um, 
here in cultural and community centers, one of the things I forgot to mention, um, we have a couple of different centers that help students explore concepts of uh, diversity and inclusion. And one of our centers is called the Global Village. And mm. it is designed for students to explore global learning and, and being a citizen of the world. And um, a lot of our international students find that center home uh, because they feel like this is a place where I can come and, and engage with uh, other international students that know what it's like to be here from another uh, part of the world. Um, but then a lot of our domestic students like going there because they get that cultural infusion here on our campus. So um, great place to stop into the global village. And if you're looking to, to find someone that's from a different part of the world, that maybe you're interested in visiting, uh, you'll likely find it in the global village at some point. Um, they also do a variety of programs all throughout the year that focus on different regions of the world where um, they'll have students kind of help put these programs together so you can come to some of those events and talk to some students there. And then of course we've got a variety of different student groups and organizations on campus and uh, many of them are uh, related to international identity. So one of the largest ones, uh, the International Student Association, mm -hmm. very huge group that we have that uh, we advise. Um, CARIBSA, which is our Caribbean Student Association, uh, African Student Association. Uh, we have a variety of different orgs that you'll probably be able to find someone from where you're interested in going and uh, get some, some, some tips before going. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I love that. Um, yeah. If you can kind of, in a sense, like get your feet wet with having those conversations and cultural exchanges here at Kennesaw State, definitely like less stakes, I would say, than actually up and moving to a different country <laughs> or taking the steps to do a, an international program. Uh, another thing I wanted to point out uh, when you do look for these groups, more than likely when you're in these expat groups, especially if you're abroad, whether short-term or long-term, there will be someone that uh, has been there much longer than you have, months or years. And so they are able to give you those kind of insider secrets to living there, especially with someone who holds the same as identity as you. We share information. If you have a certain brand of food that you like, if you have a certain anything that you're looking for in a grocery store, someone probably has seen it somewhere in that country and they can tell you where to go. You won't really get that on the surface level, you know, travel blog. So definitely check it out. With each country, there is an expat community. Definitely hit it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were saying before, kind of recharging your batteries. I definitely want to touch on mental health here. And we have an episode dedicated to mental health. So, you know, go back and listen to that episode. But I wanted to reiterate it here as well, because when you're going into a country, you are that guest, but it automatically makes you a cultural ambassador. You're, you're sharing what you hold dear to you, what you find important, your values, uh, your perspective. Sometimes it can be kind of weighty, especially if you are maybe the sole representation of your group or your community. And I just wanted to say that you don't have to be on all the time, if that makes sense. Know that we have our off days. We're human. It's okay to not perform. Yeah, and I can imagine that um, you know, being a person of color abroad, depending on where you're going, 
Um, it's going to come with uh, its fair share of new experiences um, where, you know, being a person of color here, uh, well, well uh, one, I'll, I'll say that even parts here in the United States, yeah. being a person of color, I can show up to some areas of Georgia and um, <laughs> be treated very differently uh, mm -hmm. and have a very different experience. And so uh, I can only imagine what that's like being somewhere for weeks, being somewhere for months um, and just having brand new experiences as it relates to being a person of color and what you look like and uh, you know, how people perceive you, they look at you. And, and like you said, that feeling of um, I'm representing more than just me, I'm representing uh, people that look like me, I'm representing people from the same place as me and wanting to be a good representation of that, but not at the expense of, uh, you know, your, your mental health, not at the expense of you enjoying and you being able to take from the opportunity. Um, I would agree that that's got to be really important. Please know that you are not alone in this. Again, you have those expat groups, you have CCC, cultural and community centers, you have us, global affairs. If you need someone to talk to, to vent, to figure things out, sort things out, we are here for you. We're not in this because it's just a job. We really do believe in education and in international education. We want to make sure that you get the best out of your experience. Mm -hmm. Most definitely. And we do that all the time. Like, uh, you know, students are, are consistently here. I know that, you know, obviously we're going through a pandemic now, so our foot traffic uh, is being a bit more regulated. But um, in a normal year, I mean, we, we have dozens of students kind of coming through uh, one of our four centers and really learning about the world around them, learning here mm -hmm. about diversity here within the United States and diversity abroad. Uh, so we invite you to come to that. And, and uh, even though we're not having a whole lot of traffic inside of our centers, uh, we do have programs that are still going on. Uh, and the student groups that we advise from the International Student Association and some of the other ones, they're still hosting programs virtually. So a great way to, um, again, learn a little bit about some cultures before going there. Mm -hmm. I agree. I definitely agree. Uh, now, we will continue this conversation, but we have a couple of events that we would like to share with you. So we are going to take a little break and we'll be with you back in a sec. Hey, listener, this is Tsunami from Cultural and Community Centers. We are geared up for Black History Month and we have tons of events in store for you. Come celebrate with us at our kickoff event on February 2nd with food, music, and entertainment. We also have our fashion and hip-hop event on February 19th. On February 11th, have your game face on because we have our BHM trivia night. And for all the movie buffs out there, we have a film screening of Sister Act 2 on February 19th. And don't forget, we're inviting Teo Roxon, co-founder and brand strategist of UYD Management, as our keynote speaker on February 18th. These are just a few of the events we have going on. So if you'd like for more information, check out our calendar on Our Life for more events, or feel free to stop by or give us a call. We can't wait to see you. And we are back. Thank you so much for staying with us, uh, listeners. We have with us today Brandon Jackson. Again, he is the Associate Director for CCC Cultural and Community Centers here at KSU. Again, thank you for being here, Brandon. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah. Uh, so let's continue this conversation. So we have been talking about, you know, preparing yourself, doing your research. And we talked a little bit about once you're 
once you put on your feet on the ground, you know, in country. But let's talk about the conversations that might come up. Uh, this is a very big part of your experience abroad because you go to communicate and to experience a different culture and to have these conversations. Uh, but people are curious. People are definitely curious when uh, they might hear a different language that you're speaking or you might appear different than them, different clothing, anything outer appearance. It's going to cause uh, some questions and, and some curiosity. And some of that curiosity, it, it could be innocent, non-malicious, they just don't know. <laughs> um, and I would say a lot of that you kind of have to gauge the situation, uh, be aware of your surroundings and be aware of the person that you're speaking to because sometimes they really just don't know and they could be offending you so much with their questions and that can cause discomfort because, you know, where you come from to you that this is like, oh, this, <laughs> these are not questions or you shouldn't be asking this way or so forthright. Uh, but again, this person might just not know and not everyone has the same race relations or uh, politics as the U.S. It's not going to be like that in a different country because they have their own history that they go by. And so when they're asking these questions, I would see it as an opportunity to one, grow, but also share your experience. Um, not again, you don't have to be the sole representation. And you can say that to them. If you speak their language or if they uh, speak your language, you can say, this is my experience as, you know, insert identity um, and speak your truth. And on the flip side of that, there are times where you do have to be more careful where there could be either malicious intent or that person's intent does not fall in line with your well-being yeah um certainly you know being skillful in that communication i think um is important it's it's important to remember that we're in a, a globally connected society and that many areas do have access to the internet they have access to um you know books and articles and they you know the united states is um, a very talked about place on the international stage. And so um, they, they get, uh, you know, depending on where you're going, you might be in an area that gets exposure to the United States, but not in-depth exposure to the United States. Um, they get, you know, very superficial things and it allows stereotypes. It allows, um, you know, a lot of just kind of predisposed notions to, to fester and you're overseas and again uh you're they, they have very limited they may have very limited contact uh, with with someone from the united states but they have thoughts on you know our political system they may have thoughts on uh racially uh what we are because they get some of those things um in, in the media they may have thoughts on socioeconomic status and all of those things might draw attention to you Again, it's kind of part of that. Uh, before the break, we talked about you know you're having these new experiences, and uh, that might be part of the new experience of people just wanting to ask all these questions. Um, so you know, having a good level of discernment, I think, as you mentioned, is is key. Uh, knowing that if this is just general general curiosity, um, yes, you know, let me try to share that experience because that's part of it. 
um, part of your experience traveling abroad um, is not just you taking from that country, but hopefully you giving a little bit um, as you are traveling. Um, but doing so with both, with both your physical and, and mental safety in mind. Mm -hmm. And when you're having these conversations, you know, as the other party, they're asking you questions about like, oh, is this true? Is this true? Uh, is it like this really in the US? Uh, you know, you have those questions, but also you might, from these conversations, you might have some questions for yourself uh, because you haven't, because they're asking you these questions, you haven't really thought about how other people might view the US or how they might view this certain group of people, it makes you start thinking. And that's that point where your brain and your mind starts expanding. And that's kind of like the, the new horizons, all that, you know, <laughs> you're really growing as a person. And that's the experience that that it's invaluable. No one can really take that from you. Um, when you start having these questions about your identity, it's important to sit down and really give yourself time to think it out. Don't just brush it away or brush it off. Uh, engage. You might be going to a very homogenous country and you might be the only foreigner in that room and you might attract attention. You might be sitting on the subway or the bus or walking down the street. You have to figure out how to uh, really protect your energy. On the flip side of that, you might be going to a place where you actually blend in. Um, and people might mistaken you to be a part of that community. And that can also be something to kind of grapple with as well, um, especially for our hyphenated students and travelers. So say for example, for black students or black Americans, African-Americans, when they go to a place where there are more people that look like them, especially if they're coming from a place where they don't have people that look like them, it can be, it can be welcoming, it can be a good experience. Another part of that is sometimes you're expected to fit in more easily in that culture, that community, when it's just not as, it's not that easy especially if you grew up away from that community that you placed yourself in with your program or your internship or whatever you're doing abroad. Essentially what I'm trying to say is, again, it's multi-layered. You're peeling back a lot of different things when you're going abroad. Um, and a lot of things are being presented to you. So again, give yourself that space. You don't have to meet everyone's expectations. Get, you can give yourself certain goals, maybe language goals, or you'd like to talk to this person or have this conversation. But again, it is weighty and it's okay to just relax sometimes and, you know, again, go with those expat groups, find someone to talk to that has that shared experience, kind of recharge your batteries. And, um, you know, we, we talked about, you know, people having a lot of questions for us or for you as you're traveling abroad. Um, but you may have like a lot of questions for them. Mm -hmm. um, you know, ideally you've, you've done some research, but you're now in this area and you're meeting these people and you may want to just uh, ask everything when I ask away. Um, and, and recognizing that again, the culture may be different and how people communicate might be different. So just like, uh, you know, their questions may come off rude or insensitive, your questions may come off rude or insensitive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> be mindful of that. 
trying to uh, navigate around the appropriate way of communicating genuine curiosity in, the, uh, in, in that particular culture and uh, figuring out what you want to know because again you, you are trying to learn that's that's a, a huge part of traveling abroad is learning mm -hmm. uh, but in a respectful way. Of course, of course. Yeah, I like that you brought that up. I used to teach English as a second language. And whenever I would try to put, uh, put myself in the shoes of my students, I feel like sometimes English can be very intimidating, especially mainly with the, the current phrases and how we might identify. I know one thing with language, sometimes with textbooks, they're very antiquated. Like you'll get textbooks from like the 80s, the 90s or something like that. And our language when it comes to how we identify has evolved so much from that. And you might encounter someone who uh, is trying to connect with you and they're speaking English and they might say something that's completely outdated. Uh, keep that in mind when you're learning their language, language is, it evolves. So uh, let there be, uh, grace in that situation, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah, um, yeah, on the topic of that, as far as languages um, and also having that exchange and making sure you know where you stand, I also wanted to talk about passports, um, which is something definitely, it's, it's something to be aware of when you're a traveler and the idea of uh, passport privilege. Mm -hmm. As a traveler, I would say it's definitely recommended to understand international relations because certain countries, again, we all have our own history. We all have our own relationships with certain countries and cultures within that country. And so be mindful of the fact that just a passport, where you're from, like what that U.S. passport, whatever your passport is, that can determine what spaces you can go in and what spaces you might not can go in and the certain conversations that you have being a traveler. Uh, so keeping that in the back of your mind when you're talking about your experiences, uh, be mindful of the fact that not everyone lives like you. Uh, be mindful of the fact that even though you are a, a guest in that country, a foreigner, understand that it, it, it's definitely a, a strange place to be in because when here in the US, you if you're experiencing marginalization, and you go abroad, it's just a different playing field. You're on a, you're not in the US anymore. You're on a global scale now. And so having to navigate that can be tricky, but again, that's when you have to really rely on your support network um, and do your research, get educated on the history of the country that you are in and try to understand where, how you can better maneuver and um, you know, get yourself into this uh, part of society where you can actually thrive. Yeah, you know, being, being from the United States certainly has its privileges and um, we have to be honest at acknowledging that when, when traveling abroad, um, despite the experiences that we have here in the United States. So you can be part of a marginalized group, as you said, um, here in the United States and you're not used to having um, what you would perceive as a whole lot of privilege. But then when you travel abroad, uh, the entire concept flips. And um, again, be because you know the United States is known for consumerism, it's known for being one of the wealthiest countries um, in, in the entire world. And so 
uh, all of that gets kind of placed upon you. And uh, that gives you certain access to spaces. It gives you ability to do things that even people uh, that actually live in that culture may not feel like they're able to do. Mm -hmm. And um, the research study that I, I acknowledged uh, earlier in the presentation uh, from Brown University, it, it, it asked all of these travelers, all these student travelers, you know, what, what do you think was the most important aspect of your identity um, when traveling? What do you think uh, that, that really influenced your experience the most? And it had everything from the physical appearance and um, again, ethnicity, gender, sexual orientation, religious beliefs, all of that. Uh, and then one of the categories was your identity as an American. And that by far was the, the largest percent students answered that my identity as American was the biggest factor in how people treated me. Um, that, that nothing else really even came close. It was, it was like 50% of the students mm -hmm. said that that was the number one thing. So uh, recognizing what that means, uh, I think it's gonna be very important to how you experience uh, your travel abroad. Mm -hmm. Very well said, definitely. Uh, and I wanted to circle back. So we were talking about uh, health, mental health and physical health. As far as physical health, I wanted to kind of veer in the direction of personal safety abroad. Um, one thing, you have resources, first of all. So if, it is, if this seems daunting, trying to figure out your personal safety abroad and how to go about uh, navigating certain spaces as far as security goes, that is what my office is for, Office of International Safety and Security. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you can definitely uh, come to us with your questions. We offer country briefings and that is specifically tailored for your itinerary. So if you have those questions and you're trying to figure out, hey, should I go here? Should I go to this city? Should I avoid this time to travel? Uh, we're definitely your go-to people for that. But speaking along the lines of personal safety, just a couple of things to keep in mind when you're traveling, uh, traveling groups, uh, you know, buddy system, definitely do that. And of course, again, situational awareness. If you feel like it is safe enough to, you know, go to the grocery store, or like get a snack or a lunch by yourself, by all means, like explore. Uh, you don't have to be tied to a group, but it is beneficial to travel with someone or at least let someone know where you'll be in case something does happen. Uh, and again, it comes with that, you know, like you said, discernment. Yeah, most definitely. And, um, you know, you, you would use the same systems that you would use here mm -hmm. in, in the United States uh, when traveling to an area that you don't know. Um, you know, you're trying to gather as much information about what is physically safe uh, for you. Again, that's not something to, to scare. Right, <laughs> to right. Scare we don't you scare anything, you. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, just know that, that you know, opportunity, these, you, these situations, issues of safety uh, exist everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes you can get kind of caught up in the fact, oh, I'm a different country and it's awe-inspiring. And, uh, you know, particularly, again, this kind of relates to that, that, that U.S. privilege you know, I'm an American citizen and, you know, uh, you can feed into that so much that it makes you feel a bit invincible. Uh, mm -hmm. So you, you definitely want to be aware of that. <laughs> yeah. It's always funny because when you're traveling, you can almost always spot another American. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
like you said, you, you put it very well, Brandon, just be aware. Don't flash certain things. You know, if you have your phone out, keep it in your pocket, if you have your Apple watch, leave it at home. It's okay. Just be in the moment. <laughs> All right. I got my GoPro and then. Right. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, just keep that in mind. Uh, another thing I wanted to point out is again the dates and times sometimes you might be traveling and your itinerary might fall on dates certain dates and special holidays uh, which can be fun if you catch a country in like I don't know um, carnival or their you know hometown festival that's really fun to to be a part of uh, but also keep in mind of maybe election dates or certain political dates where tensions can also rise in the country uh, have those dates in mind again if you need help trying to figure that out my, my office is here to help you and we offer advising sessions virtual advising sessions uh, and briefings so and trainings as well and how to deal with certain situations if you are caught in a sticky situation if there is, for example, not to scare you, this doesn't happen all the time, <laughs> but if there might be a protest or a riot um, or, you know, political unrest, we do want to make sure that you know what to do in those situations, how you can protect yourself, get yourself to safety. So yeah, just keep that in mind. Watch out for the dates. Again, we are not here to scare you, but this is just something, like you said before, Brandon, this is something that we have to deal with in the US. Other countries are dealing with it as well. So it's just a bit of a challenge because you're not a part of that country. You're not a part of that community. So you wouldn't know these things as easily as you would in the US. And one last resource I wanted to share with you all is the Smart Travelers Enrollment Program, which it's STEP for short, but STEP is a messaging system that's sponsored by the Department of State and you can sign up, it's free. Uh, you can sign up either with email or with uh, your phone number, either your phone number here in the US or abroad, whatever is easier to contact you. And it will also give you alerts uh, saying, you know, different events, listing events or happenings that could affect your itinerary and your time abroad, uh, whether it's uh, political unrest, uh, climate, weather, you know, hurricanes, earthquakes, things of that nature, uh, whether, you know, there's a festival going on and roads might be shut down. So I would say definitely uh, check that out. It's again, it is free. So just sign up. Mm, that is uh, just all those resources you, you shared with us just makes me think just how much information is available to us now as we travel. I can only imagine what traveling was like, like back in the day, four, yeah. right? <laughs> a few decades ago, you just had to show up and exactly <laughs> hope for the best. But now, yeah. yes, we have so much information. So yeah, that that's a good point. I, I'm grateful to live in this era. I right. can really say that. <laughs> where, where everything is, is a five minute Google search away. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, uh, and as you said before, it is a lot of information. It can be daunting at first, but you know, we're here to break it down for you. OSS and CCC, again, we're here. If you need help researching, if you need people to talk to, we got you covered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I wanted to also 
speak, and we kind of spoke about this before, but I wanted to talk about owning your experience, mainly because sometimes when you're abroad and things are happening very, very fast, when you might try and speak to people about your experience, they might have listening ears. They, you know, they are there for you. Uh, they want to hear you out. But again, it it is your personalized story. Like that is your story. And not everyone's going to get it 100% of the time. It's important to acknowledge the micros and the macros of your experience. So when I'm talking about when I'm saying micro, I mean like the little interactions that you have every day where something might pique your interest or something might make you feel a type of way. Analyze that and also take a step back and analyze your overall experience abroad. Because when you have that space to breathe and really think things out and process, that is the time where you're really getting your story together, where you're understanding what all is happening around you and how you're affecting your environment and how your environment is affecting you and having a way to process that, whether it's journaling or talking it out, um, whatever it is. Study abroad experiences can be a lot to unpack, but making sure that you understand your story so that you can better tell it to other people and share your story and what you've learned to other people. Um, I, I think that no one can really take that away from you. I think I mentioned this in the last episode, but with study abroad experiences, with internships abroad, you're you living and doing things abroad, that doesn't have an expiration date. It, it's not a certificate that can be taken away. You don't have to upgrade it every year. It, it's yours. It's a, it's a part of you now. No one can take that away from you, you know? Yeah, you know, you, you mentioned the journaling, which I think is um, a crucial part of making the most out of your travel, mm. is having that time to be thoughtful and to reflect on what you're experiencing and jotting it down or recording it, uh, however that is. Like, uh, you know, the, I think that's a lot of reasons why you see so many blogs mm. um, and blogs out there. These are people's attempts to, um, document what they're going through, how they're feeling, uh, either for the purposes of sharing with others or for just sharing with yourself um, to keep that growth always uh, accessible to you. Because, you know, our memories fade, um, you know, the, the specifics and details fade. And I think it's important that um, when, when you have the opportunity to experience other cultures and to compare and contrast that with your experiences. Again, you know, we're talking about being a person of color. You know, what an amazing experience to, to feel what race and ethnicity looks like in, here in the United States um, and, and what race relations and how it, it, you know, how it plays out on us here in the United States and then go to different parts of the world uh, and to be able to think critically as you mentioned before about what race relations looks like. Um, I, I, I may even say that it would be good before you go to think about, you know, what are some things that I really want to examine that I want to compare and contrast. Um, let me write these things down beforehand. You know, I'm looking at, again, maybe how they, how they handle education. I'm looking at, you know, how they, their family structures uh, compares to the United States. I'm looking at how uh, capitalism or, or whatever economic system they, they are using um, uh, implements is implemented there. Um, but you go, 
you, you then you have the experience, you document everything that's going on and you bring that back and you reflect on it. I guess that's where the growth is. And I know that seems like uh, homework. <laughs> right, right. But it's um, homework, it's fun. <laughs> right, it, it's fun homework. Uh, there, there are uh, much worse assignments to do one. <laughs> but uh, also like that is where the growth happens is through that critical thought and reflection that you do afterwards. Mm-hmm. Good, good, good stuff, good stuff. Since we're on the topic of, you know, bringing back what you experienced, um, when you have that adjustment, when you're coming back home, it can definitely, we talked about this in the last episode, culture shock and the highs and the lows of both being in the country, but also when you return, um, you might experience it for a short period of time. You might experience it for a long amount of time. Uh, it really depends on, you know, maybe how long you were in the country or your experiences there. But one way to uh, share your experience is yes, through blogging, vlogging, um, but also getting connected. So you can get connected with people in the country. But like I said before, you can get connected with alumni uh, networks here at KSU, uh, different organizations here in Georgia. Um, and that way you don't have to, you don't just have to leave what happened in that country just there. You know, you can take it with you and you can expound upon that uh, within these organizations, whether they're professional, whether they're uh, just fun, you know, clubs to join. But I would say keep keep the memories alive, you know, keep it going. <laughs> right. Uh, what you just said a, a moment ago, every place is Vegas. You, you go right. and, and you experience things. <laughs> um, but yeah, and uh, to build on, on what I was saying beforehand, you know, the growth happens when you do that critical thought and reflection. And that critical thought and reflection is um, even more enhanced when you when you share it with others. Mm-hmm. Um, and so these groups that you you mentioned, um, you know, come back, share that experience with others, find out what their experiences were like. Um, that helps you. That will help in your reflection of you know, everything that you've taken a part of. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Uh, now, I said in the beginning of this podcast that we were going to talk about allyship. We want to discuss how people who don't identify as a person of color, how they can make sure that they're doing their part within this ecosystem um, because everyone affects everyone. Everyone's decisions affects someone else. And so I would say, first off, practice your listening skills as an ally. You, it, you might have your own opinion on a situation, but when someone is coming to you, especially if they're distressed or they're expressing discomfort, listen to what they have to say because they're not feeling that way for no reason, you know? Um, so practice your listening skills, your active listening. Don't just hear and sense what they're saying, but really take it in. Um, and not after that, just seeing if, if it is appropriate for you to step in and do something or if it's just something like if it's just a venting session you know so yeah first of all you know practice your listening skills yeah um you know understanding your privilege um is is again something that we talk about here in the united states uh, understanding like uh when you're being treated 
uh, better or you have more access or your experience, um, it's better in a good way compared to someone else's. I know, in, again, in, in the study that I referenced earlier from Brown University, they talked about a particular country and uh, uh, there was a group of students that had gone there and a lot of the ladies said that, you know, compared to you in the United States, uh, we experience a bit more harassment there in this particular country. Uh, but it was, you know, they, they didn't characterize it as dangerous or anything like that. It was just, you know, the, the men's approach to women in that particular country um, was much more forthright, much more uh, direct. And, um, but it was different for the uh, women of color on the trip that specifically the black women in this country, um, it took, it started to take a, a scarier tone and they were perceived um, as a bit more, they were much more sexually aggressive uh, on, on that trip. And so they're documenting these experiences and you can see in the reflections that um, there were some allyship behavior that had taken place uh, of the other ladies on the trip, one just recognizing it um, and offering support uh, to the uh, women of color that was in their groups saying that, yeah, we're all going through this. Um, and for us, it's, you know, it's just different. We notice it, but we can kind of carry on. But yes, wow, for the students of color on the trip, they actually were concerned about walking around at night. Um, where, uh, and um, like I said, they, they did show that, that sort of allyship through conversations, through um, helping to support and unpack what was going on with each other uh, in the nightly events. And they talked about some of those in their reflections, but um, it's important to be there for others. And I applauded when I was reading their stories, I applauded again, their ability to recognize the different experiences that other people were having and to offer support when needed. Mm -hmm. it, when it comes to even communication in general, understanding that not everyone has the same experience as you. They're not, they're not taking in everything the same as you are because they have their own, again, like multi-layered, they have their own background, their own personal experiences and what they've learned from those personal experiences in the past and how they guard themselves from that. And so I, again, uh, like you said before, support, listening, um, knowing when to speak up when you see something, it's okay to speak up. Uh, it's not a betrayal. It's not anything. You are literally, if you see someone that needs help, that is distraught, that is coming to you, don't turn them away. They're, whether you can be a listening ear, whether you can talk to your program coordinator about that, um, what is happening you do have a certain amount of privilege as an ally, use that, use that for the good for the people who, whose voices can't be heard right now. And on the topic of program directors, I wanted to ask you, Brandon, so we have LGBTQ safe space trainings for faculty, staff, and students, I believe as well. Mm -hmm. Do we have something like that or conversations and dialogues uh, here at Kennesaw Kind of equivalent to that when it comes to speaking about race ethnicity we do um and so i know that um a lot of that doesn't come out of our office more of that formal training comes out of the office of diversity and inclusion 
um, because they're able to tackle uh, some of the more in-depth unpacking factors as it relates to race. And um, they've started a um, anti-racism kind of modular series that they'll be doing. Uh, they started it last semester. They're continuing it this semester. But yes, there are opportunities for students that want to learn how to unpack um, the, con the construct of race and, and how it plays on, upon us. Um, the Office of Diversity and Inclusion our chief diversity officer, deputy diversity officer, they do lead a couple of um, conversations and workshops around that. So we partner with them a lot and uh, we just kind of take on whatever conversations need to happen. Good, that's good to hear. Um, and again, this is, uh, th these are resources for students, but also for faculty and staff who are leading these programs understanding that you are leading students with very different backgrounds and, and trying to accommodate them and their, their experience. And there's an open line of communication between you and that student uh, to make sure that you are being inclusive, that you are being considerate and understanding that they're, they might be having a very different time than the other students on the trip. Have a watchful eye on that, that you're able to see certain interactions and identify certain behaviors so that you can go ahead and if there is something that's negative happening within the group or the group dynamics, you can go ahead and nip that in the bud. But yeah. Well, Brandon, do you have anything else you would like to bring up? Um, Look, I, I, I just wanted to say thank you so much for giving me an opportunity to participate in this conversation. Um, you know, again, I, I, I'll underscore the fact that yeah, things are just so different around the world. Mm -hmm. And um, what you learn from traveling abroad is invaluable. And the few times that I've been outside of the country, the things that I've learned about myself, the things that I've learned about the world around me, and, and, you know, because we're talking about, you know, people of color traveling, the things that I've learned about race um, have been greatly improved by traveling. Mm -hmm. um, that my understanding of that, that, that construct of race and ethnicity, that my understanding of that was one way. Um, and then when you, you travel and you find out, again, how other areas of the country do it and how they conceptualize it, how it plays upon people, uh, you are forever changed by that in a good way. And so I hope that uh, people are up for that challenge. They're up for uh, doing the research beforehand, uh, taking that leap of faith, going, uh, going on these experiences uh, and taking it seriously. You're journaling, writing down uh, the observations that they're, that they're seeing. Um, and when they come back here, taking time to reflect and learn, all right, well, how does this make me different? What, what do I understand about the world? Uh, what do I know differently about the world that, that, that I can bring back here to the States? And uh, that really is the, the magic of traveling abroad. I love it. I, that's a great closing. Let's just keep it like that. <laughs> well, listeners, thank you so much for listening. And Brandon, thank you so much for being here. Again, we appreciate you. All the resources that you have shared with us, your perspective, invaluable. So listeners, please take this to heart. This is your starting place. Go off and do more research. You can contact us. Um, again, uh, our guest was Brandon Jackson, CCC Cultural and Community Centers. I'm Angelica Gilbo, Office of International Safety and Security. We are here for you. 
If you liked this episode, give some of our past episodes a listen. And if you think they're pretty interesting, you can go ahead and click that like button and don't forget to subscribe and follow us so that you can get updates for when a new episode drops. We hope you enjoyed this talk. And if you did, feel free to share with friends and family so that they can talk more about where to next. <laughs>